Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Undaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 72 of Five Yard College. Once again, I'm joined by my indefatigable wingman, Ash Goddard. Welcome to the New Look College show. It's a Wednesday. We appreciate that you thought you were getting it late. This is how we're going to look for the rest of the season, Ash. You and I had a chat. I say you and I. You said to me, Stocks, this isn't the best way we can put our product out. Wednesday should be the day because we're going to be behind on the playoff rankings. Basically going to be dead news. Let's get ahead of this. Let's get ahead of the curve. Welcome to Wednesday's Rush Nation, Ash. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Yeah, I'm doing great. And yeah, we thought it, with, with the, the college playoff rankings now being the, the main focus of attention and they're not coming out until late Tuesday UK time. You're right. We're, we're, we're a week behind in terms of the, the rankings, the real thing that matters now for the, for the college game. Like, yes, we, we don't get the instant reaction from the games that we did on a Monday, but I think this is more beneficial for the long run because we're getting into the bread and butter of the season now. We, we're, we're still going to be focusing in on, on those lead, on those conference games that dis, that will decide the the title games. But the the main focus now has got to be on the playoffs and the, the playoff rankings in particular, and they are starting to take shape. So Wednesday's got to be the day, and we get uh, we get more news and we get more up to date news rather than covering stuff from last week that we might have missed by a day or two. We're now well up to date with everything that's been going on bang on trend just like your polo shirt could say and not only that if you're watching on the video my wife got me this chicago bears uh crucial catch hat yes it's the bears but the hat's dope so don't care thank you mrs mitchell it was much appreciated on our anniversary so ash with it being a wednesday now like you said we're going to have more news we're going to be more up to date we're going to be on the ball yeah the program is going to look slightly different obviously we haven't got the results to run through anything like that we are going to pick some games out of the upcoming week that you think we sh- we think you as a listener obviously will be locked in because that's what we do but as a listener we think they're the games that perhaps are highest on our radar is that right i would say they're uh, a couple of them are crucial because of the standings and the fact that they're in conference and a couple of them are, are just entertaining and, and we'll have a factor on the on the rankings so they're, they're they're important games that people should pay attention to and i think they, should, they will also be entertaining games with the teams that are involved yeah absolutely and also rush nation if you think 
we, by moving from a Monday to a Wednesday, are missing something or there's something you want added to the show, then by all means, reach out at Five Yard College, let us know, and we can tweak the show to, to what you guys want to hear. Because obviously, we're just chatting college ball, Ash and I, a couple of chums talking about football. But for some, well, I guess for some reason, people are listening. And if, if you're not listening to the stuff you want to hear, then hit us up and we can tweak the doc, make changes to see fit and, uh, and go forward that way. Because, you know, people listen, we want to make them happy. We want to cover everything. Let's, let's, let's get into the news. Let's get into what we've managed to accumulate since Saturday, Ash, and we'll start at Texas A&M. They have landed the number one recruit of the 2022 defensive tackle class, and that is Walton Nolan. The five-star recruit selected the Aggies over Florida, Alabama, Michigan, and many other programs, as you can imagine, being the number one DT. Nolan said his decision came down to the production of its defensive line. A&M have got one of the best defences this year and, and every year. You think about defence, you think about Texas A&M, not a terrible choice for, for the Walter Nolan. No, not at all. Uh, and as you say, he is now the number one in this draft class. Obviously, with Quinn Ewers declaring early and going into Ohio State year early, that made Walter Nolan the de facto number one in this 2022 class. And he is a big talent. And I'm not just saying big in his, his potential, <laughs> but this lad is a big lad. 6'4", I think he's already topping 320. I think he's pushing towards 330 pounds. Uh, absolute animal uh, in the defensive line. And as you say, Aggies have already got one of the best defences and one of the best best defensive lines in the country. And they're just going to be adding to that for 22. This lad should be lights out from day one. I think he could be a day one starter. That's a scary prospect for anyone facing A&M going forward for the next few years. Right, let's move on. We've talked about Conference USA a lot. There is more news out of Conference USA, and it's good news. With the announcement that it will be adding Liberty, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State, Ash, never heard of them. Pray tell. They are, uh, they were, or they are currently an FCS program. So the okay. uh, be- the division, as you would call it, below FBS, and they're one of the top teams in that. It's uh, it's been them, South Dakota State, and North Dakota State for the last few years. It's uh, it's to be honest, it's been it's been coming that they were going to take the step up into the FBS. They they've been one of, if not the best program in the FCS, and this is a good this is a good transition for them. Um, and but when they get in there in 2023, and I think. I haven't paid a great deal of attention to the FCS this year, to be honest with you. I don't think many people have with uh, with a certain um, quarterback no longer in North Dakota State, uh, Trey Lance, that is. It, <laughs> it's it, not Voldemort. You, you can no. mention <laughs> but But it's not had as, as, as much attention because there's not that lights-out player that, that has been shooting up draft boards, so it's not had as much attention. But Sam Houston have regularly... Uh, for for at least the last few years, been one of the top teams in the FCS, and this is their reward. They're taking a step up to the the Division One, uh, and and to be honest, they they could well be um, a, a competitive team within the Conference USA from from day dot. And of course, we know about Liberty again. They're getting a lot of attention this year because of Malik Willis, but they're a well run program. They've they've got some good victories this year, and and Jacksonville and New Mexico State have, have both taken taken the step towards them as well. I think New Mexico are independent and. I, I believe Jacksonville State were FCS as well. I, I, I may be incorrect in that. Um, Jacksonville State's one of the, the ones that I, I, I haven't got a great deal of information about, but I have a feeling they are also um, an, an FCS programme. And they shot to the forefront early this year when they beat FSU, didn't they? They beat Florida yes, exactly. State in that upset. So people got Jacksonville State on their radar names-wise and perhaps that added to their being added to Conference USA. A big win like that can only have helped. Let's... Let's uh, let's move on to some great news for Arizona. They ended the nation's longest losing streak of 20 games following the 10-3 victory over Cal Bears. Cal were severely impacted by COVID this week. However, that is to take nothing away from Arizona. They were the better team throughout the game. You can only play what's put in front of you. And not only did Arizona end the nation's losing streak, UNLV also ended their losing streak. So there is currently no teams that have not won a game in football this season. And for a brief period, UNLV had the record until they then won after Arizona. So yeah. I don't know what the, the current record is, Ash. I don't suppose you've got that information. Uh, no, I haven't, to be honest with you. 
really unprepared. It was UNLV until I realised that they also won. So yeah, <laughs> dr- drastically unprepared. But I mean, it, it can't be it can't be anywhere near close to twenty games if if everybody is uh, has won a game this year. So <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, yeah, it's it's there's someone out there, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who it was. Well, it can only be nine or ten, eight or nine it's now. Got to right? be eight or nine. Yeah, you just got to be one of those one in nine teams that might have won in the first week or or uh, yeah. Or, can't be, can't be, it can't be a long stretch. It's not, it's not the twenty games of Arizona or the the nineteen or eighteen games, whatever it was of uh, of, of Vegas. So it's a, it's a fresh start for most this year. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's strange to see that we're going to finish a year with no un like with with a without a winless team. It's not often that, that a team that we don't have one program in college football that doesn't go zero. So is, is that right? If I had to guess, yeah. I would have said it was the other way. I would have said because of the amount of teams in the schedules, there would have always been more seasons where there are teams without a zero record as opposed to more seasons with a team with zero record. I don't know, maybe. I mean it's at least in recent memory there there's always <laughs> been a, there's always been a handful of teams that have had a zero on their record and this is one of the the rare years where there won't be a there won't be a zero a, a winless team to end to end the season. Well, there'll, if be, a, you do... there'll be a lot of one win teams. Let's, let's, yeah, let's but be honest, but that's, that's matter, irrelevant. It? No, exactly. if it's not zero, it's a win. Um, if, Rush Nation, if if you know or you would like to find out, you know, let us know at Five Yard College again. We're here for that sort of information. Ash and I jumped on thinking we're going to keep this show within an hour. It's going to be prompt professional efficient and yep. here we are talking about zero win teams yeah who knows how long this one's going to go rush nation right over to texas and the longhorns have released the statement that wide receiver joshua moore is no longer with the program and will enter the transfer portal moore and steve sarkeesian got into a heated debate in training which was initially de- dismissed by sarkeesian however that's turned around flipped and joshua moore is no longer a longhorn yeah, quick bit of a quick transition. This one, it was as I say, Sarkeesian and and the Texas came out and said no. It was a bust up in trading. These things happen. We're going to move on. And a few days later, that's it. Moore is gone, and he's entering the transfer portal. I don't. By the by, the way they've announced it that he is no longer with the program. I have. It, it sounds as if it's come from them. And obviously now he's entered the transfer portal rather than being dismissed outright. Rather than it being Moore has decided he's entering the transfer portal, so he won't be playing for us. For, for, for anymore is it's he is not with us anymore and he is also in the transfer portal so it sounds like they've had enough of him and, and have cut bait yeah absolutely we've we've got a new segment now Ash. yeah we've had injury corner we've had news corner we've got recruitment corner and with all the goings on with the coaches we've got coaches corner it's that bit in the parking lot at the back of the services you pull into with all the school coaches lined up and the kids are in causing carnage at the, the Burger King we're into the coaches' corner. Florida, obviously top of this list after after the weekend's loss. The Gators have fired defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and offensive line coach John Hevesy after a blowout loss to South Carolina. This move comes less than a month after Dan Mullen said he was against firing coaches during the season following the LSU loss. But this Dan Mullen seat is getting hotter and hotter and it feels like he's shedding coaches in order to try and save his job. It would be very... You know, Dan Mullen is a good coach. He's a great recruiter, but it, he seems to be losing grip on the tenureship at Florida. And is he trying to deflect the attention by firing coordinators? Yeah, it does seem like that, doesn't it? I think Murph Murph raised it in the in our chat that we have as the as the five yard um, group. Uh, he, he mentioned this this news a, a couple of hours after I had it on. Uh, I put it on the the show doc on on Monday and. Yeah, his 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 Dan Mullen's seat is as hot as it gets at the minute. Just with, with the Gators being such a high-profile team, and the the spotlight's on them regardless as uh, of, of of their their um their current run, and it's just not been going good for them this year. And yeah, he's uh, unfortunately walking a fine line, and as you say, trying to deflect with these with these firings and maybe give himself a little bit more leeway. Yeah, it's, it would be a very it would be an un-Florida thing, I feel, to do to get rid of Dan Mullen in season. Although Florida aren't necessarily, from what I've heard, the sort of team to just wield an axe unnecessarily. They build a case and it would be an end-of-season job. If Dan Mullen keeps losing, it's only a matter of time. Um, I can't see anything else before that occurring 
it, it feels like an end of season move for me this rather than yeah i think we're that close to the end of the year now i would be surprised if he's gone within the next three games um i suspect it is if he goes if they decide to cut bait it's going to be at the end of the year yeah somebody who didn't decide to cut bait is umass they have fired head coach walt bell and defensive coordinator tommy restivo they went on sunday bell had a 2 and 23 record over his two plus seasons with umass and the program is ranked as one of the worst in the country so I mean, I don't know why they did it now. Perhaps to get ahead of the coaching search. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But... There's been a few firings in the last few months and weeks, and they're maybe trying to take advantage of that and picking up someone that they that they like to look of. But I mean, just, there's not much to see here. UMass lose, and and that's it, really. Another team that perhaps <laughs> lost and got rid of their head coach is Akron. They fired head coach Tom Arth following a loss to Ball State on Tuesday night. It sees them sitting two and seven on this season. Now, Arth was three and twenty-four in his three seasons with Akron, so slightly better than Bell had uh, at UMass. One more win, but it wasn't enough to convince the Akron athletic department that they should keep his job. So he's also been given the chip, the chop there. Uh, anything here, Ash, or is it just a nothing to see? No, again it's move nothing on? to see. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's uh, yeah not. That is the news, and we'll see who gets the uh, the daunting task of taking on those two programs next. Are, are these the sort of programs where young coaches or coaches who are moving on from coordinator to head coach sort of cut their teeth, as it were, as a head coach? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think both Walt Bell and Tom Arf. I know Walt Bell was, but I think they're both relatively young coaches um, that, that, that were starting out. Um, Arf is in his 40s i believe and this is this is his second or third coaching job but it's his first like step up this is his first fbs one so it's like a step in so um before that i think he was fcs and his this hometown college that he went to so yeah you 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 cut your teeth there and if it goes well brilliant that's a great thing to have on your resume but more often than not this sort of thing happens <laughs> two and two and 20 five and 15 those sort of records and they then go back maybe get another offensive or defensive coordinator job and try again in a few years well best of luck to both gentlemen georgia southern have announced former usc coach clay helton as their new head coach with immediate effect helton was out of work for less than two months I've not heard anything about this. Ash, fill me in. I mean, yeah, big big pickup for Georgia Southern. USC obviously cut uh, got rid of got rid of Helton after the 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 start of their year that they weren't happy with, and last year wasn't great for them. But he's a great coach, a great college football coach. Mm. He's he's proved it in the past, and massive pickup for Georgia Southern. And this he's he's been a good recruiter in his time. That's one of the things that 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 he's done that he did well at USC. So that. It's a big scoop for Georgia Southern, and and hopefully we we we'll see them competitive in the next few years, um, if if he can get it right there, which I can imagine he will. It's a yes, it's a step down, but but the Sun Belt is still a power, a group of five the conference, and Georgia Southern up and up to a point are, are competitive in that conference. They're not having the best year; they're four and five, but yeah, great pickup for for Georgia Southern and a restart for Clay Helton. Yeah, and it's it's a good time for him to get in, realize what he's got before. The reset heading into next season it gives him that little bit of extra time to to work out what he's playing with and and what's happening at georgia southern so a good move for clay helton and as you say a great move for georgia southern because he was a good head coach at usc they just weren't pleased with how that was turning out nebraska have announced that head coach scott frost is going to remain in charge through the 2022 season they've announced that he'd signed a restructured contract Scott Frost was one of the guys who I thought perhaps might have been on the hot seat with Nebraska. He was, yeah. Yeah, so, he really was. He was one of the he was one of the ones to go. Yeah. People were expecting him to be gone with the way that the that Nebraska have been this year. But he's taken a pay cut. Um I think his I think so he's taken a pay cut by around about a million dollars, I believe, and they've also restructured and cut his buyout so if he does get fired he gets less money i believe that's by half as well if he goes in 22 so it's working well for nebraska if they do want to get rid but obviously it gives frost a, a bit of extra time and it's a real shame because frost came in to um nebraska as one of the top young coaches out there one of the ones mm. that everyone was looking at he left usc and he was looking i think before he took Nebraska and before Mullen went to Florida, I believe Frost was in contention for the Florida job. So 
and it's not been the best four years. He's got a 15 and 27 record or 29 record, something along those sort of lines. It's not been the best best for him. He's not had a winning year, but he's been given an extra year. But the caveat is that Nebraska can now get rid of him for a lot cheaper. So it works out well for Nebraska, but it gives Frost another year to try and prove himself. Yeah, that's very, very uncoach-friendly, that sort of deal. Mm. Yes, definitely. Scott Frost obviously has... Well, he feels that he must have work left to do at Nebraska because surely taking a pay cut and basically being in the noose or under the guillotine for a, a, a less pricey chop, shall we say, that's, that must be some pressure cooker situation for Frost because now he knows that he has to perform or he's gone for less money. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how Nebraska get on there. And then finally, Texas Tech have announced former Baylor assistant Joey McGuire as the new head coach. will take over with immediate effect, just like um, Georgia Southern and Clay Hilton. McGuire spent five years with Baylor before taking up, taking the step up to head coach at Texas Tech. This is, on the scale of hires, is this for Texas Tech? Because obviously they were, they were linked with the TCU and, and all those sort of jobs because of trying to get all the Texas recruiting and stuff. This wasn't necessarily somebody who was perhaps linked with Texas Tech early on. It's a great hire for them. I think Bay- McGuire, Mag- Mag- I can't say his name. Joey um, Maguire. Maguire, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, thank you. He his high, when he was in charge of, his, um, of one of the Texas State high school teams, and I think he led them to... Uh, a great record and multiple championships. He was obviously under Matt Rule at Baylor in um, before before Rule went to um, the Panthers in the NFL, and he right. was also one of the favourites to take over from Matt Rule when he left the Panthers. So he is a big name. Um, it's a great pickup for Baylor, and sorry, it's a great pickup for Texas Tech, and it's a big loss for Baylor because I can imagine they. I, I can't imagine they had a great deal of saying in keeping him or not, but I can imagine they they would have wanted to because the job he did for for, for the program for I think the five years that he was there is has been has been fantastic with it with the coaches around him and I'm excited to see what he can do with this Texas Tech team because for a long time now they've been below par as to what we expect from them and it's a, it's a good challenge for him. To, to, to take on this head coaching role and it's a good challenge for Texas Tech as a whole. Yeah, I, it feels, from what I've seen of Baylor this year, they've been pretty good. Obviously, we know that with their record. And if he can implement some of what I've seen from Baylor this year at Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech could be a massive improvement next year. So I think like you mentioned it all, you hit it on the nail on the head. Great move for them interesting to see how that plays out right ash with us moving to wednesday we never actually covered last week's playoff rankings no. there's a bit of a void we were going to do an emergency pod <laughs> the rankings came out apart from perhaps bama being a little bit too high cincinnati being slightly disrespected there wasn't enough for us to jump on and think we could fill a pod then we changed the date to Wednesday. So we've got two weeks sort of to work on. Week one is yeah. completely irrelevant now because of the games that have been played. We're going to dive straight into week two. I've noticed on the notes you've got quite a lot of writing here. And I didn't do it. No. Feel free to, to take it away and explain what this is. Well, yeah, I just thought it would, might be beneficial for those who are not as in the know with the, the playoff rankings. And obviously we've been speaking about the AP rankings all season. That's the Associate Press ranking. So that is the media that decides these rankings that that people look at throughout the year. You've also got the coaches' rankings, which are done each week alongside that, which we don't pay as much attention to because obviously the media ones are the the bread and butter. They're the ones that everybody pays attention to until the playoff rankings roll about, which is from the first weekend of November. And they are all that really matters when it comes to college football. Yep. They are the ones that determine the top four playoff teams, so the the four teams that are going to compete for the championship each year and also the New Year's Six fifth and sixth in there that compete for the next the next honours outside of the top four. So along with, obviously, the College Football Playoff Committee, which is a, a group of ex-coaches, ex-commissioners, ex-players, uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole range of people 
of higher ups within the college football game that decide on these rankings each week. They rank their own 25, top 25 outside of the AP and outside of the coaching. And as I say, they determine the playoffs and they determine the New Year's Six. Along with that, they also um, are in charge of pretty much all of the bowl games. So the way the New Year's bowl games works are some conferences are already contracted to send their particular champions to those bowl games. For example, you've got the Big Ten and the Pac-12 compete in the Rose Bowl, the SEC and the Big 12 compete in the Sugar Bowl, and the ACC compete in the Orange Bowl alongside the highest-ranked team in the SEC or the Big Ten or Notre Dame if they are the (laughs) highest-ranked non-playoff team. If a conference champion makes the playoffs, so for example, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, the bowl game for the, the Rose, Sugar, Orange they'll then be picked from a replacement from the conference. So usually the next team up, the team that loses in the the title game or the team that wins the title game but aren't in the playoffs. doesn't often happen that way, but it it has done in the past. Um, Also, when one of the bowls is part of the playoffs and the conference championship team is not picked for the playoffs, the team will play in one of the other bowls. You've then also got the rankings matter. They they also matter for the group of five. So the highest ranked group of five teams. So obviously that's the American Conference USA, Mac, the Mountain West, and the Sun Belt. They'll automatically go into a New Year's Six game. So they are guaranteed a place in the in one of the top bowl games as one of the group of five. USC have been that team for the last two years. Obviously, at the moment, if they don't make it in, Cincinnati are going to be that team. So it's just to give a bit of background on how the playoffs rankings differ, but how much more important they are. They basically dictate what everybody plays for at the end of the year, not just in the top college, not just in the playoffs for the the, the title, but obviously the, the top bowl games outside of that and all of the bowl games, barring obviously the, the conference restrictions, but they still have a say in that um, in in terms of who goes and who doesn't. So two things there, Ash. You said USC were the champion of the group of five. I think you meant UCF. Sorry, UCF, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. People people get it. People get it. And then do we think that these playoff rankings come out and then this is how it seems to me after listening to you then and, and you as well as Rush Nation know I'm still fairly new to the college game. The, the playoff rankings come out and then we are drummed in about the top four and the top four is what matters because they are the playoff rankings but if they are affecting all the bowls because they're also chosen by the committee do you are we sort of bypassing these because some of these bowl games are huge for teams if they're in the rankings and never been that high before some i feel like the bowl games are glossed over a little bit by these playoff rankings because it is all about the top four and not necessarily from what I've heard on podcasts and watched and read and stuff, the, the bowl games eligibility and stuff is, it feels as if we we're missing out a little bit on the build up and excitement to some of them for the teams that aren't necessarily there all the time. Yeah. And to be honest, some, some, a lot of the time, the, 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 the new year's, the new year's six, as they call it, are the ones that do get the attention because those bowl games are so exciting. And a lot of them do most of the time have ramifications outside of the of, of that game alone um, for the program. But you're right. We're the as soon as the the playoff rankings, everybody pays attention when it's the AP rankings at the top four. This team is in there. This team is just missing out. And should they be in there? We do it ourselves. And then you get to November, and none of it matters. Mm. The AP rankings really don't matter aside from being a, a potentially different looking. And most of the time, they are a different looking. Um, top 25 because you look at last week's the first playoff ranking come out and Cincinnati were fifth or sixth I can't remember off the top of my head now sixth, but and they're sixth. second yeah and they're second in the AP and it's just like how what what are you seeing that other people aren't but they what the college playoff rankings do a a, a lot lot more than the AP rankings is they dig into the strength of schedule they dig into the the the, the games that they've won and how they've won them a prime example of that is Oklahoma. Oklahoma have been top four, or uh, in in for the whole year in the AP rankings. The first rank, college ranked playoff rankings come out, and they're eight because their strength of schedule hasn't been great, and their results against the teams that they played have not been great. And they penalise them for that, and they penalise Cincinnati for that, and they've not penalised Alabama and and 
obviously not Georgia and but and Oregon they've they've rewarded them for that because of the teams they've played and the teams they've beat so they take it into a whole nother level and that's why these rankings are so important mm. and they use they use oh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about some of the metrics they use are very different to how yeah. the media do it on the AP before so it it's it's very difficult. I don't mean I had to word this because I'm very new to the whole thing, but it it can appear, and, and rightly so, you know, because sometimes we get a little bit caught up in perhaps the love story of, of a Cincinnati or a Notre Dame, someone like that, or even a BYU because they're independent at the moment and they've played yeah. well. But and, and you can argue that BYU, have they've played a lot of Pac-12 schools and, and have got one of the best Pac-12 records outside of Oregon so they could perhaps be higher because their competition has has been tough for them as an independent but it, it was the Alabama at two last week and perhaps even now that is I find a little bit strong I, I'm not disagreeing they shouldn't be in the top four they're one of the best teams in football right now mm-hmm. but should they be ahead of a team say Ohio State. So you, I tell you what, we'll, 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 I'll put a pin in this chat for when we get to the top five, because otherwise <laughs> we're, we're working top to bottom and we don't yeah. want to do a disservice to, to 25 upwards. So as per usual, week in, week out, Ash, let's do 25 up. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. It's not a problem. Um, so 25 to 21 at 25 is Arkansas, um, 24 Utah. 23 UTSA, one of the four undefeated teams left in mm-hmm. the country. They weren't in the college playoff rankings last week. They have been rewarded for continuing to stay undefeated and come in at number 23. San Diego State at 22 and Pitt at 21. So there, there's, there's no real surprises here because, yes, some of these have, teams have two or three losses. UTSA are undefeated. But as we said earlier... The, the strength of schedule, the teams you play, a number of much more in-depth factors matter so much more in these rankings than they do in the AP rankings. So Arkansas have, to- have taken out some big, big teams this year, yet they sit six and three. But they are still at 25 because of those teams that they've beaten. UTSA are only at 23 despite being 9-0 and because of the conference they play in, because of the conference teams that they've played and the teams in general that they've played. So there's no real there's no real issues with, with this five in particular. I think everyone here is there on merit. Arkansas and Pitt have taken out some big teams. San Diego State are one of the top teams in the Mountain West. I think they are the top team in the Mountain West at the moment. And UTSA are undefeated. So there's no real arguments for me here in this first five. I think Pitt are, I'm not arguing with the 21st position here. They obviously lost to Miami uh, two weeks ago, and that has hugely hurt their playoff rankings because mm-hmm. if they'd have beaten Miami, then we would have seen them, I think, at around 10 to 12, something like that, because of the teams they played and beaten. However, they slid down. I think you're right. Those five for me, it's, it's interesting with UTSA being undefeated. And we had the national champions of... Who who declared themselves national champions? Uh, UCF? Was it UCF? UCF did, yeah, yeah. When they went undefeated for two or three years, something like that, didn't they? They had like a 20-odd game unbeaten run and yeah. they said they're national champions, yeah. Which I can get on board with at that point. I mean, it's hard to actually say they are, but when you go that many games undefeated, it, at what point, I know I say this every week, does an undefeated record, regardless of competition... Uh, realistically how far up can UTSA go say they go the whole season undefeated where I don't know their strength schedule what they've got ahead of me because them yet because I don't have it in front of me but how far do you think they could possibly go undefeated all the way up because to be at 23 and I feel feel like they're hard done by and this is me being a, a, a rookie here I just feel like an undefeated team. And there's like, when you say there's only four of them left, to do 23, I think a tw- top 20 berth is a far more yeah. respectable. I would, I would agree. I would, I would personally see them somewhere between 15 to 20. 
But unfortunately, the conference they play in, Conference USA, them and the Sun Belt are the two that are looked at as the you've got the group of five, then you've got the Mountain West, then you've got the American and the uh the the M the um mid Atlantic. Uh, yeah, the MAC division, and then you've got the then you've got the Sun Belt and the and the Conference USA, and just their schedule isn't there. They played Memphis this year, who yes, we were great last year, but they've been very poor. They played Vegas, who have only just won their first game. <laughs> last last week's game against um, UTEP was a big one because I believe they were both undefeated, or they were both they both had a good record up to that point. Yeah, I think um, UTEP had one. Sorry. They, they they no they they had two losses before that, but it was a big game within the within the, the team for them the the, the year for them. They're just the just the teams they're playing aren't there. They played Illinois to start the year. That's probably the biggest team they've played this year, and that's probably. It. But looking at their schedule now, it's going to be realistically the biggest team they play this year, just because they're a Power Five team. But it's the yeah. only Power Five team that they're going to play, and that unfortunately will always have a factor. And you also look at the likes of Cincinnati. We've spoken about them many times before. Yes, they're undefeated, but you look back at their strength of schedule, and that's why sometimes that they're unfortunately hard done by because of that. But yeah. with UTSA, sorry, go, go on. on. No, go on. I was just going to say, um, but with UTSA, their strength of schedule is even is even lower than Cincinnati. So that's why there's such a big berth between those two, despite them both still being undefeated. Yeah, and, and I was just going to say the Cincinnati strength of schedule going forward, it, it it's just been got it's been made worse by SMU mm-hmm. losing twice now and the loss against Memphis. I think it was a, a field goal or a last minute, or was it a return? Uh, no, I believe it was a field goal to win. I think they lost two weeks ago on a kick return at the end oh, of the sorry. game. SMU. Yeah, and then I think they lost in the field. So the two SMU losses of. Both come in last place, I think, yes, if, yeah. if if memory serves. But then that really hurts Cincinnati now because SMU have dropped out in the top twenty-five. Yeah, they're they're a group of five school as it is SMU, and now you think, well, Cincinnati don't have anybody difficult now. There's nobody ranked who can add to their strength of pushing into the top four. So, no. barring many teams losing and chaos ensuing, even if Cincinnati won out in a convincing way, which they're not doing at the moment. They're not putting a stamp of authority on games. As much as you, me, the entire college football landscape would love to see Cincy in that top four, I just can't see it this year. But again, we're bouncing back to the top five, Ash. Let's, let's get back to, to the middle of the pack. We've got Iowa at 20, then Purdue at 19, Wisconsin at 18, which was a bit of a shock for me. Auburn after their loss are down to 17 after moving up to what, 13 last week, something like that. And then NC State at 16 after their good win against, oh gosh, who did NC State beat? Um, what, this weekend? Yeah. Florida State. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I think I, I agree with you. I think Wisconsin's maybe a bit of a surprise. However, they've been very convincing over the last three or four weeks now. Obviously, they absolutely hammered Rutgers this weekend, 52-3. to three. They beat Iowa the week before and held Iowa to one touchdown and they beat Purdue the week before that, who have obviously been taking names and uh, no. Yeah. But, but I mean, the start of the year for them was poor, but then you look at the teams they played at the start of the year, Penn state, Notre Dame, Michigan, obviously are, they're the, they're the three losses that they've had this year. Apart from that, they've obviously picked up all the wins that they, that you would expect them to. Yeah. So I think the teams they've beaten in the last few weeks of war of, of, that their reward has been this this ranking, and the fact that they were so highly rated to start the year as well is probably still in the back of people's minds. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, that again, I, I don't really have any complaints here. Iowa have dropped drastically to what we saw at the start of the year, but again, before that point, they were dominant, and they've had a few bad weeks. And, and this is the this is the unfortunate thing that will happen for them now, but they still deserve to be ranked just with how well they started the year. Um, yeah. Purdue have knocked off two massive teams and uh, 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 rightly deserve to be ranked and dreading this weekend. I, I was going to say, you've got to worry about these spoiler matches. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I just, I, I know it's going to happen and I'm, I'm, I'm dreading it, but they are, 
they are more than deserving to be ranked because of that, despite having a, I think they're six and three as well. But mm. they, they deserve to be there. No doubt about it. Yeah, I was just going to bring up the fact that your boys are going to be taking on the Boilermakers this weekend after yeah. they've been taking some scalps. But is that the game that Cincinnati need? I don't know. I don't know. Um, 15, Ash, Ole Miss. Yes, 15. Uh, again, I've got no real complaints. Up to, up to a point, Ole Miss have played very well. And the games that they've dropped have been games that we would expect to be competitive and and realistically Ole Miss would have to be at their top of the game to to, to get over the likes of Auburn. They they lost two weeks uh, last week to Auburn, uh, but then they saw off LSU. They beat Liberty this weekend. They they lost to Bama. We would expect them to lose that. Um, and I think that's it, isn't it? They are, they've only had two losses this year. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They lost to Auburn. They lost to Bama. Uh, and they've won, yeah, and they've won the rest of their game. So I think it's it's warranted. And I, that that Arkansas game at the start of October, winning by a point, fifty-two to fifty-one game, I'd, I'd rank them just for that with the, way, <laughs> with, with the way that game was and how they both played. I mean, yeah, it was fantastic. And of course, this week's going to be a massive one. But we'll 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 get that we'll get onto that a bit later. So up to. I've thrown yeah. you off. You've got you have to, thrown I, me off, yeah. I, 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 I led you in. I led <laughs> you in. Ole Miss at 15. Then BYU were at 14. Again, they had a little bit of a, a, bit of a slip up um, mid-season, but they've they've rebounded, and, and this, is a, this is a warranted place for them. Baylor at 13, possibly a bit hard done by, but again, this weekend could be a massive one for them, and we could see them shoot up. Wake Forest made the made the top 10 in the AP rankings for the first time last week and they were ranked 10th in the were they ranked 10th in the week one yeah. college they've dropped down to 12 because of the loss to UNC and and rightly so I think again the year they've had to this point I'm glad they haven't they haven't plummeted because that that they don't deserve to drop massive amounts but they deserve to drop out of the top 10 after that loss uh, at 11, Texas A&M, again, another team that have had a strong year with a couple of up and down weeks, but again, games that you, you would have thought could have gone either way. That game this weekend, a Texas A&M versus Ole Miss is going to be massive. I'm really looking forward to that. And then, yeah, that's that's the that's 15 to 11. I think, again, there's no real complaints here. I think everybody that is in this bracket, are, they, their places are warranted. Mm -hmm. Each of these teams have had slip-ups, in the year, but have rebounded, obviously, bar Wake Forest. They have had no slip-ups up until this weekend, and now it's time to see how they rebound with the games they've got left. We keep drumming in about Wake Forest's fit, uh, schedule for the rest of the year. UNC was one of those teams that we were thinking that they're going to see over, and then it gets difficult, whereas now I can still... It, yeah, Clemson this weekend. Is it this weekend? No, NC State this weekend. Massive yeah. game. And then Clemson, and then Boston College to end it. We could see, as we said before, we could see a one loss. Uh, we could see Wake Forest with one loss on the end of the year, or we could see Wake Forest losing two of these last three games. We, it, it could, it, it's up yeah. in the air with them now. I and think this, the the UNC loss is really is one that they're really going to be kicking themselves with. Don't don't start me on the NC UNC loss. Ashes, yeah. absolutely yeah. dagger to the heart. That fourth quarter absolutely murdered me this weekend. Murdered yeah. me. I um, yeah. I think I think you're right. I wanna I wanna do a stat correction. I said three of the Wake Forest games were at home. Uh, they they're away. I got that wrong. They had one home game and not one away game. So would that have changed my opinion? I don't think so. And I think they were unlucky against UNC. I, I think agree. they. Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit and and what it did to my my heart over the weekend. But uh, I think you're right. There's. These five teams have got massive games this weekend. We start at 10 with Oklahoma State pushing into the top 10 now. Then Notre Dame at 9. Oklahoma moved up to 8 from 9 on their week off, which is only good news for them in the playoff rankings. Yeah. Then we've got Michigan State at 7 and Michigan at 6 after Michigan State beat Michigan. Yeah, so weird. That's, that's the one thing in... Uh... There's two things that I really disagree with in this in these rankings. One of them is that Michigan are above Michigan State after Michigan State beat them. Yes, Michigan State lost to Purdue this week, but I mean, 
I can't understand why Michigan have gone ahead of them. Like, mm. uh, they're the same record, so you go on strength of schedule, which is one of the factors that they say that they take into account in the college <laughs> playoffs. Well, clearly you don't because you've put Michigan above Michigan State and Michigan State beat you two weeks, beat them two weeks ago. So who did Michigan play this weekend? Um, Indiana uh, beat them uh, com- relatively. Yeah, they beat them comfortably. They, they only let in one touchdown. But even so, like, you, if you're <laughs> going to take the strength of schedule into account, take it into account. I think Michigan State can feel hard done by there. Deserve a drop. There's no doubt about it. Deserve a drop because out of, from free. You can't you can't complain about that because they lost uh, and and they lost to Purdue and and it was a great game but but at the end of the day they they lost that game but I just I just don't understand why Michigan have gone ahead of them I I, I can't understand it and I won't understand it <laughs> Ash refuses to understand why Michigan are ranked it's ahead just, of Michigan I State. can't it's crazy it drives it 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 makes me angry so we we'll probably we should move on to the top five I think well, you said you said you've got two things you disagree with Ash one of them being Michigan Michigan State what's the other one of real covered it no no we'll get into that in a minute i think just sorry i'm getting ahead i got so angry i completely glossed over oklahoma and notre dame and oklahoma state <laughs> i think notre dame and oklahoma state have had great years and, and this is this is a warranted place for them notre dame we mentioned it earlier in the year that they didn't look great they've rectified that they have improved the way they've been playing the last few weeks and i think a top 10 berth is warranted and I think this is their where thereabouts where we will see them at the end of the year and where they should really be at the end of the year with the way their whole season has gone. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see Oklahoma still at eight because they haven't they haven't looked great really all year. And yes, st- you can't take away the fact they're undefeated and there'll always be people that go top. Well, it's one of the top conferences in the country and they're, they're undefeated. Why are they so low down? They just haven't looked that good, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And this weekend... I, I hope Baylor take do them over. I really do, and I think they can do. And I think if they do, people shouldn't be that surprised. Um, yeah. But yeah. So my other point is in regards to the top five. And well, at number so five, you are doing the top five. Go for I am, it. Yeah, I'm doing the top five. Yeah. At number five is Cincinnati. At four, Ohio State. At three, Oregon. Bama have stayed at number two. And, of course, Georgia at number one. No one can dispute Georgia at number one. If anyone tries to, they are an idiot. I will fight, <laughs> I will fight to the death with that. They are the best team in the country, without a doubt. Uh, I, I, I worry for anybody that goes up against them. I really do. Uh, we, we've mentioned about Ohio State and, and, and CJ Stroud going up against it, that defence. I, I st- I'd still be worried. Uh, uh, there's no one that you can put in front of that defence that I would go, yeah, they're going to do him over. I think this defence is just... They're getting there to be one of the best defensive units we've, we've ever seen, in my opinion, anyway, in my personal opinion. Well, the, stat, the stats don't lie, Ash. They just the, don't, the stats give don't up lie. And you don't even have to look at the stats. You go and look at uh, half a game of highlights and you go, uh, I'd die if I was in front of you lot. <laughs> <laughs> Bammer at two. Uh, Bammer at two. Uh, it's because it's Bammer still. Uh, but barring that one dropped game, they have, they, they, they've, been, they've been good all year. Bryce Young has been has been has been on his game for for the majority of the year, which is why he's one of the Heisman favourites. But uh, two still, I don't know. It still it still grinds me. The the issue I have is that Cincinnati are at five, and it, those three teams are above them, regardless of who they are. Bama, Oregon, and Ohio State. Cincinnati should still be above them. They haven't looked great the last couple of weeks, but they're they they're, they're, they're still undefeated. They're still playing relatively competitive teams. And they're still winning, and I just I I can't get my head. It's the same as last year. They were they were them and Texas A and M last year were hard done. But I think sorry towards the end I think they lost towards the end of the year, which obviously took them out. But up until that point, I think they were unjustly missing out on the playoffs along with Texas A and M. I think this year it's even worse in my in my opinion. And I don't want to cover it too much because we've gone over it in details when we've been talking about the AP rankings. They finally got to two. The playoff rankings come out and they're obviously back down to six and now five. So they are moving up. But the only way we're going to see Cincinnati into the playoffs now is if one of those four teams above them lose, which obviously I'm praying <laughs> that it will not happen this weekend with Purdue against Ohio State. But my 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 cap, my pessimistic cap on, I'm dreading that game. 
Um, I don't know who Oregon have got this weekend. I'm just quickly having a look because I'm intrigued to see if there's any games really that they can drop now. They've only got two games left. So they play Utah this weekend, which could be a very that, interesting game. A very Cam interesting Rising, game. Cam Rising is playing lights out right now. That is no joke of a football Sorry, team. they've got Washington State this weekend. Then they've got Utah the following weekend. But even so, that Utah game... Could be Big a time. real banana skin. Yeah, Cam Risen's playing well. That Utah defense is is one of the best in the country. And then they finish at Oregon State, which is a rivalry game, and that can go anyway. So Civil War, baby. I would love to see Cincinnati in there. I really would love to see him in the top four come the end of the year. But if it's at the, it, as long as it's not at the expense of Ohio, let's let Ohio win out, Oregon lose, Cincinnati get in four. Jobs are good, and let's wrap it up. <laughs> Everyone's happy there. Okay, Oklahoma beat Baylor this weekend, Ash. Cincinnati yeah. win again. Do Oklahoma jump Baylor because they're Oklahoma? Um, Cincinnati because they're Oklahoma. I think I don't know. I still don't. I don't think they can justify that big of a jump. I can't. I don't think they can justify a five, a free place jump and above someone else, even if they beat Baylor. I, I think what you what we'll probably see if Oklahoma win this weekend, regardless of what happens to Michigan State, Michigan, we'll probably see them at six and Cincinnati stay at five. If everyone above wins, if all top eight wins, which I don't think we've seen much this year, to be honest with you, but <laughs> if all top eight teams wins, I see Oklahoma jumping above both Michigan teams, but not above Cincinnati. Okay, that's fair. I was just playing devil's advocate with Cincinnati. No, fair enough. That's going to be a good game. Let's. Um, we're going to try to keep this timing tight, Ash, this week. We're trying yeah. to be more professional. We've got two games that we want to cover from week 10. That's Wake Forest at UNC and Michigan State at Purdue. Do you want to do them first and then we'll get to our week 11 look ahead quick? Yeah, I think the week ahead, week week look ahead is is these are the games to focus on. So let's uh, let's quickly review the the two games that we picked out, and we've got to start at Wake Forest uh, and UNC because fifty five Wake Forest, fifty eight UNC. You just look at that scoreline, and you know this is going to be an absolutely fantastic and entertaining game to watch, unless you stocks. So stocks, do you want to? Why why is it not a great game for you, despite the scoreline? <laughs> so Wednesday Wednesday Thursday night. Mid-American action. I had a lucky 15 lose by one point. I had Central... I think it was... Who was it? Somebody didn't cover by a point, and that cost me a lucky 15. So that was annoying. And then Wake Forest gave up 24 fourth-quarter points to miss the two-and-a-half-point cover to lose by three. So that was also the third, fourth of my fourth teams in a lucky 15 to not come in. So... Not only did Wake Forest lose by giving up 24, one of those was a 60-yard run in the fourth quarter. At, at Wake Forest had beat up on defence. Their whole season has been beat, built on, we'll get ahead and then we'll stay ahead regardless of how many you can score. And UNC's quality just came out at the end of that fourth quarter. Wake were, they just could not keep up with UNC's ground game and they pounded them in that fourth quarter and yeah, their, their ground game. I was about to say, I was if you hadn't mentioned it. Yeah, their ground game is what won them this game. They they ran over Wake Forest time and time again. What is it? I think they they finished with over three hundred twenty, mm-hmm. three hundred thirty rushing yards, something like that, and six touchdowns. Ty yeah. Chandler was just on on fire, two hundred thirteen yards, four touchdowns, and then obviously Sam Howell. We know he can do it with his feet, but like you say, the the Wake Forest defense was beat up. Sam Hartman kept it. Well, I say he kept it. He got them to a great lead and he had a great game, but he made a few little mental errors that resulted in some crucial interceptions despite throwing five touchdowns and nearly 400 yards. But it comes down to the defense at the end of the day. As you say, that fourth quarter capitulation, giving up 24 points after having such a good defense up until this point, you can see that they are hurt, that they were hurt and they were missing key players. Yeah, and and this goes against them in the ranking as well. You just can't give up 24 fourth quarter points and still yeah. hold your position in the ranking. Obviously, we've seen them drop because of the loss, but that hurts more than the loss does itself. The loss yeah. and the fact they gave up 24 in the fourth. I mean, you look above them and there's only three teams there that are undefeated, but they have lost one game and dropped 
are they now 12th again? They're out of the top 10 and there's teams that are in the top 10 with a one-loss victory, a one-loss record. But as you say, the way they lost that game was so, it was, it, yeah, they, they just capitulated so bad in the fourth quarter that the, the, the drop is, is, is unfortunately warranted. Yeah. And then the next game is Michigan State at Purdue. Purdue won 40-29 and, and the yeah. Boilermakers, they didn't just win this. Kenneth Walker was good again for Michigan State, but mm-hmm. Purdue, they were the better team start to finish yeah. and, and deserved the win over Michigan State. Yeah, Aidan O'Connell, um, Purdue, Purdue um, quarterback. I think he threw over 500 yards uh, and he just he had his way with the Michigan State defense, which again, Michigan State defense have been great this year and then yeah. they just sort of, just again, fell apart. Now, it wasn't as bad as Wake Forest. This was a back and forth game throughout the whole game. I think, I think um, Purdue took the lead in the second quarter, and I, I, I believe I think they held it for the whole time. Um, uh, but yeah, Aiden O'Connell had his way with the with the with the secondary. David Bell, Purdue wide receiver, who we mentioned before, is slowly but surely ticking his way back up as to one of the top wide receivers that we seen a couple of years ago. He had over two hundred yards and a touchdown on the day. He was lights out, and as you say, Kenneth Walker is still doing what he does. But as we said, as we said when we were talking about the Heisman, was it last week? I think yep. or the week before it was last week, wasn't last it? Week. If if Michigan State don't win and Walker still plays well, does that diminish what Walker's doing? And I think yes, it probably will do now. This this lad still had over 130 yards and scored a touchdown and was running over people like they weren't there. But people are only going to remember that Michigan State lost to Purdue, and I don't think the way that the way they lost was not was not great either again it's another yeah. team that you expect to dominate on defense that really didn't and Purdue had their way with Michigan State and Michigan State were trying to claw their way back and if you put the ball in Peyton Fawn's hands he's he's a he's a good quarterback but he's not a great quarterback and he won't be able to unfortunately guide you to a victory and when you're losing you can't always rely on your running back you've got to put the ball in the air to score those quick points so yeah, and and I mean, they they were relying on their second wide receiver to step up and be the one, Mister Reed. He, I think, yeah. uh, Naylor's out, isn't he? So he is. Yeah, that's that that's a that's a massive massive loss for Michigan State now as well. I don't know. I've not actually looked at his, how long he's out for. If it was just a game, but um, or if he's if he's out indefinitely, I'm not sure what his injury is. I'm just having a look now. But big loss because he, he was Peyton Fawn's main guy and. Yeah, they've come out and said that they're still confident without him, but it, it, I can't. It doesn't say when he's back. It, it I can't find when he's back. But if he's not there, as I say, people, can, people, yeah, people can focus on putting the pressure on Ford, and people can focus on the run game. That's it. Walker still puts up 130 yards, but if if Naylor's there, maybe he's putting up 200 or close to 200, and he's given that bit more freedom. But you can plan for that run game when you know how good it is and the key weapons not there and the and the and the quarterback is not is is not is relying too much yeah. on that wide receiver you can Nailed plan it. for the run game then yeah bob on right ash we got four games week 11 we think you should be keeping an eye on the first is texas a&m at Ole miss as we've mentioned then as and again as we've mentioned oklahoma at baylor nevada at san diego state that is a big one yeah, in the group of five, and then UCF at SMU, another group of five game which has got big time, but that could be a cracker. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to make sure that we put a little bit of focus on group of five in these look aheads because they're such big games. Nevada, San Diego, they're both in the Mountain West, they're both in the Mountain West West, and they're one and two. So, one of these two teams are going to the Mountain West title. And at the minute, San Diego are number one, but if if Nevada win to get this victory, they've got an equal we- an, an equal. Wow, an equal record, but obviously Nevada goes top with that better conference record. So massive game, and of course, people know, by now should know my love affair for Carson Strong. And as we get into the uh, NFL draft build-up, you'll really get to know my love affair for Carson Strong. <laughs> so I hope Nevada win this game, um, but it's gonna, I, it's going to be an it's going to be a cracker. It really is going to be a fantastic game. I, I hope Nevada win this and I hope Carson Strong picks out Charlie Turner for more than two passes in 60 yards. The guy needs to find the end zone more than once for me. Cause... <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. yeah. And then, but of course, go on, on, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say he's someone to watch out for in the draft as well. Charlie Turner, one of the best yeah. tight ends in this class, and there's a few, there's a few guys in Nevada. Obviously, Romeo Dooms is already one of the top wide receivers. Then you've got mm. Carson Strong, who, in a in an underwhelming draft class, in my opinion, could still really state a claim for uh, the 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 QB one. And I, I hung my hat on that in the preseason, and I'm going to continue to do so. But yeah, there's there's some big names on both sides of the ball. But it should be a very entertaining game. And then, of course, in the AAC, you've got UCF versus SMU. Everyone knows UCF. They've been one of the top non-Power 5 teams for a long time now. Not quite where they were, where they got Cincinnati and Houston in that division. But these two teams are fighting for the next the next best thing. They're currently 3-4 and four, um, with, with UCF at number 3. But, of course, they'll be looking to see if Houston or Cincinnati drop ball. At the minute, Houston are number one. Houston are number one in the in the AAC because they played more conference games and they're undefeated in the conference, whereas obviously Cincinnati have played more out-of-conference games. But those two, as it stands, will be going to the AAC title game. And of course, UCF, SMU, this is a big game because one of these two could potentially leapfrog either of those if, if, if things fall apart. So, And it's obviously SMU who, uh, who we know... We know how much you like Mordecai. So yeah, and he's he's, he's still balling out regardless of the he two is. losses. Yeah, it he really was, is. Yeah. yeah, I need him to keep doing it in the showdown that lost the weekend. We won't dive into the showdown. No, now, not this week. We'll we'll cover it next week. Rich beat me in a close one, and yeah, I played wasn't... I played the wrong turn. And Mordecai didn't didn't get the job done. I don't. It was and... it wasn't a great week for either of us, to be honest with you. I haven't looked at the status. I don't want to in case I'm no longer nah, in the playoffs. I'm, I'm out. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, great. That's uh, that's, <laughs> that's not great for, for, for Team College. Yeah. Although we, we do have two top... The guys at the top two, Jordan yep. Jack, are representing. We do. We do. Of, of Texas A&M and Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Baylor, Ash, anything else we need to say about those games before we head out? Uh, I don't... I think the, the, the games speak for themselves. Texas and Ole Miss more, more so... 11 and um, 11 and 15 in the rankings, two top SEC teams who I don't, I, I'm not sure. Let's have a quick look before we go. Let's have a quick look at where they are in their respective conference divisions within the SEC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so Texas are number two, a game behind Bama and Ole, and Ole Miss a, 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 a further game behind Texas A&M. So still a lot to play for. Bama slip up in the West, and, and obviously it's all to play for um, for, that, for that title game. And it's, it's, Ole Miss, it's Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. It's going to be a fantastic, entertaining game. Texas defense is that good. And obviously um, Matt Corral was up, and, up to a point been, um, been lights out. So mm. that's going to be an interesting battle. And of course, Oklahoma undefeated. But have not looked fantastic, and and Baylor have had some big victories this year. And again, another team with a top tier defense. Are they going to be able to put a lot? Of, are they going to be able to put the pressure on Caden Williams and and get that upset? We have to call it an upset because they're Oklahoma undefeated. They're the top team. They're one of the top teams in the Big Twelve. So, but yeah. I, I, as I said earlier, I think Baylor can do it, and I hope they do it. I really do. As long as it's a shootout and Caleb Williams does great, then I'm all for <laughs> Baylor beating Oklahoma. I don't mind at this point. I just hope that the Oklahoma-Baylor game is on ESPN, BT, ESP, BT Sport ESPN, because yeah. it's Oklahoma at Baylor, which means that glorious two-tone green pitch will be on full display. It'll be a great game anyway. We've got some absolutely belting football to look forward to. It's going to be a great weekend, Ash. It really is, yeah. Really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And we're getting into the business end of the year now. So this is where the real fun begins. Absolutely. Well, Rush Nation, this has been Ash and I on a Wednesday evening. It's not Monday. Don't worry. This isn't out late. This is as live as it gets. If we've missed anything, if you want anything added to the show, please do let us know at Five Yard College. If you want to talk about anything college related, again, at Five Yard College. If you want to write about college, if you want to tweet about college for us, let us know. We're open to taking on writers, content creators. Anybody wants to just come and chat ball, we are hugely available for that. Ash, my man, this has been an absolute blast once again. The new place of Wednesday seems to suit us well. I'm enjoying it, man. Thanks very much. No, it's been fun as always, and I'm already looking forward to next week. That's it. And we've got more football to talk about, so let's get rid of it. Rush Nation, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Check out the boys' articles. They are smashing it right now. It's a big-time coverage of college football that we've got for you. This is Wednesday. 
That's Ash, I'm Stocks. Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.